right, I think uh, it's it's question time now. So um, anyone that has any questions, shoot. Or comments or, or comments. criticism. Philip. Um, professor, you made reference to the, uh, I think you said 1931, where the gold standard in the UK, where the gold standard in form was attempted to be reintroduced. Was that was the right date, 1931? Uh, in 1931, September, okay. the uh, uh, British pound ceased to be convertible in, into gold. Oh, that's when it ceased to be convertible? That's when it ceased to be okay, convertible. Okay, so that preceding attempt after the First World War to reintroduce a form of the gold standard, I think it's called the gold exchange standard. Uh, you made reference to the fact that the real bills weren't allowed to function in that yes. period. What was the mechanism? of that inability to function. Were they banned? Now, this is a, a, a secret. I don't think the answer is in the public domain. It's buried deeply in the archives of the governments, and they have never... Uh, in Europe, there's no such thing as freedom of information. But even in the United States, it's an illusory right for you to say that, okay, after so many years, the archives will be opened and researchers can go and find the answer to their questions. Now, in Europe, it doesn't work that way, and uh, uh, what happened is this. <clears throat> it's understandable that in uh, July 1914, uh, when uh, the shooting started in World War One. The uh, bill market, where real bills were traded, uh, was, uh, what's the word, this a People started hoarding, the banks would not pay the paper money in gold as before they did. So uh, this is understandable. The problem comes that when the armistice was signed in 1918, in November to be precise, and the following year, 1919, the Peace Conference in Versailles was uh, uh, called, um, and the peace treaties with Germany and other belligerent countries were signed. Uh, normally, you would have expected that real bill trading was allowed again, and uh, and uh, going back to normalcy. And, and the, actually the need was even greater, but so much reconstruction was to be done. You know, half of uh, uh, the northern part of France was gravely damaged. Uh, industries had to be uh, the peaceful uh, industries producing for peaceful purposes had to be uh, uh, rehabilitated the war industries 
phased out, and, and so on. Incredible amount of work. And uh, so there was a real need for bills to start circulating again. They didn't. So for a time people thought, well, that's obvious because gold coins weren't available and real bill uh, circulation assumes that at the end of the food chain the uh, bill will be paid in gold. So okay, let's just wait. Now, Britain for one and many other countries declared their intention uh, when the peace treaty was signed to return to the gold standard. And Britain in fact did in 1925. And in, moreover, it returned to the gold standard the original parity. The only difference was that gold coins were no longer in circulation because they called it a gold bullion standard, which meant you see, uh, the standard gold coin in Britain before the war was the uh, sovereign. It's a one pound piece. And uh, that was actually in circulation, believe it or not. After 1925, Britain said, no more sovereigns, but if you have enough paper money to pay for four hundred ounces of gold, which is called a standard gold bar. It's about the size of this. Okay? And it weighs four hundred ounces or twelve and one half of one kilogram gold. Nine 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 five. Nine 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 fine. The purity is three nines. Okay, ninety-nine point nine percent pure gold then the Bank of England will give you the gold bar if you can cough up that much paper money you see that's not the <laughs> true gold standard which is no bill is not sufficient uh, for running uh, the real bill clearing house because this is too large a uh, unit and most bills will be lower than that so how can you satisfy the majority? Well, but even if Britain brought back the sovereign they did not bring back the real bills because now, that's my personal interpretation, and I know how you feel as a British citizen, and I know how somebody who is a citizen of Germany would feel about it. But I think the British were not interested in real bills anymore, and the French were not interested in real bills anymore, because they were afraid that Germany would out produce them in a free competition and in any case they wanted to control the imports of Germany and the exports of Germany now you want to remember that real bills means multilateral trade 
and if you have multilateral trade, then Germany would have an advantage. At least they were afraid that Germany would be in an advantageous position. And they would lose control over Germany's imports and exports. And they, therefore they wanted bilateral trade, which meant that two countries negotiate and then no real bill is needed, which can circulate in all the countries, subscribing to the gold standard, but they are intergovernmental credit arrangements, with the exclusion of the bill market multilateral trade. So that's what they wanted, to control uh, German uh, foreign trade, and they thought that if they control it, they could step in if they didn't like something and uh, put pressure on Germany. So with a multilateral trade situation, with a real bill, they wouldn't have any control because the instruments, the real bills with three good signatures, would circulate, ignoring international boundaries altogether, as long as the country is uh, participating in the international gold standard, the real bills would circulate as money. So I am assuming, I may be wrong, but I have studied this question as much as uh, information is, was available to me, and this would be an excellent topic for somebody for a PhD degree to study and actually go to the sources, whichever uh, sources are available, to see that my theory is right or wrong, could be wrong. But then you have to find another reason why they did not allow, because believe me, I'm, I'm not going to compromise on this statement that the real bills would have emerged spontaneously unless there was some uh, inhibition, some government taboo or, or restriction. Wouldn't it be though that uh, if it was a gold, as it was a gold bullion exchange standard with I think you said 400 ounce bars minimum redeemability, that alone would be sufficient to knock real bills on the head? No. If there was no gold to actually Pay, pay the rebuilds at maturity. Yeah. That alone would kill yeah. the rebuilds. It could be that this was it, but uh, as time went by, you could have improved on that and, and bring, bring back the sovereign. Mm. Or in France, the Napoleon, which was a 20 franc gold piece, and it still existed in Switzerland and other members of the Latin American Monetary Union. But the fact is that this never happened. And that's the important thing, conclusion, that because there was no real bills around, no bill market, for whatever reasons, whether government coercion or otherwise, the gold standard was mortally wounded because its clearing house was severed and removed and you wanted this uh, organism to 
exist and walk without a heart or without lungs and it just couldn't be and the gold standard collapsed so they did not give a chance for the gold standard after World War One to come back to make a, a valid, a real comeback and that's why it collapsed it did not collapse because of its inner contradictions and that's missing from the theory as they present it nowadays at universities they say the gold standard collapsed because of its inner contradictions that's an outright lie it collapsed because its clearing system was sabotaged by somebody somehow and that remains to be exposed how this sabotage took place I would encourage anybody young enough to do that research to go ahead and do it yes I'm just going to say this gentleman uh, looking over his computer in 1995 there were uh, real bills circulating in Italy and uh, what he said was the Italian government put a lot of regulation on top of it, in other words, requiring a government signature or a stamp or some kind of tax and therefore reduce its advantage and basically push it out of existence without banning it, just by putting the burden on it. So I don't want you to do that safely. Yes, um, what I, I know. In Italy? Yes, the real bills are called cambiali and uh, it were well used uh, during the 19th centuries and uh, also in the 20th century. And I remember when I was a kid going to a bank with dad and discounting the real bills, the cambiali, to a bank office. And at the time, we were backed by fierce money, the lira, and not in gold, of course. But the cambiale was the instrument to reconstruct Italy from the end of the Second World War towards uh, the decades that were following until what I remember about 1990s. When they disappeared, I studied at the university on the first course of, uh, uh, I don't remember exactly which course, but the two main kind of real bills were at the moment in use. There were no more traded in the year that uh, followed. So, in, in the year Bills in Italy were common money. Uh, mm. in, no. in Spain is the same situation. I want to make something very clear, which uh, uh, I didn't have time to do in the first uh, lecture. You cannot have a real bill system unless you have gold coins in circulation. Uh, and the reason is because if you want to try to have a real bill system whereby the real bill at maturity is paid <coughs> in paper money, okay, this is a contradiction in terms for the following very good reason. I understand in the Italian case as well as in the Spanish case the mature real bill would, would be paid by government issued paper money, right? Now the government could say, oh, all this gold is 
well taken care of. It's in the walls of the central bank and it's well guarded and you can bet that it's there. That's not, not good enough. You've got to have the gold coin in circulation. You see? Now the reason why it would not work a, a real bill system whereby at maturity the real bill is maturing into paper money and it's uh, being paid in paper money is the following. You have two paper instruments and the question is which is better quality, higher quality than the other. Which of the two? Because if they are equal, then there's no point in exchanging, right? So one should be better. And you might say, well, of course, it's the paper money issued by the government. But the fact is that the bill is of higher quality. Because this is just a promise. without any real effect, because nobody will give you gold for it, okay? Whereas we know, we do know for a fact that for hundreds of years, the real bill matured, real bills matured into gold coins, which was unquestionably a higher quality than the paper. Now, you want a system or, or the Italian government or the Spanish government of the time wanted to set up a system whereby a higher quality instrument was payable in the lower quality paper instrument. Now that is nonsense. It, it cannot fly. It just won't work. And therefore I think the argument is subtle this is not going to work. You have to go back to gold coin circulation. Another thing is this. You are the consumer. Under the gold coin standard with real bills, you are the boss. Because the producer will watch your wishes. And if you change your wishes, they will adjust, very anxious to please you, because you are the boss. You have the gold coin, which is the carrot and the stick at the same time. If, the, if you buy as the consumer, then the gold coin is the carrot. If you refuse to buy, as you have the right to do, then is the stick. The gold coin is the stick. So you as a consumer can use the stick to whip the producer into obeyance. He just has to follow your wishes. If he doesn't, he's out. He's going to make losses and close shop. You see? Now, the government comes and says, no. Consumer cannot be trusted with the gold coin. He can do all kinds of funny things. He can hoard it, he can melt it down, export it, what have you. 
That's no good. Let's have the gold and lock it up in government. Walls and issue paper money. Like Keynes said that the people cannot be trusted with gold. Let's just give them green cheese and pretend and tell the people that they want the moon. They cannot have the moon, but we'll give the next best thing to them, the green cheese. Take it or leave it, you see? And that will make the system work just as well as if gold coins were in circulation. Uh, <laughs> the fact that the green cheese could rot on you was simply sidestepped by Keynes, you see? Because it's a wonderful idea. The mole and the green cheese, completely acceptable to the people. We just give, give them. If it hurts on them, well, that's their problem. Okay, now, once the government does this and says, okay, we withdraw the gold coins, lock it up, and give people the green cheese, then who is the boss? Don't believe for a minute that the consumer is still the boss. He only has green cheese, which is rotting very fast. So the producer is not going to obey your wishes as the consumer because you have only green cheese to offer. So who is the boss that the producers will be anxious to watch what the wishes is the government, is the central bank run by the government. So that's a completely different setup. And without real bills, there is no way for the consumer to protest and say, when I withhold my gold coin from spending because I'm not satisfied with the quality or the nature of goods which I put on the market, then the producers will immediately say, yes, sir, what do you want? We'll do it tomorrow. Is it soon enough? No, it should have been done yesterday. Well, sir, we'll do what we can, and they do it, because you are the boss. But take away the gold coin, and whether it's paper or blue cheese or whatever you have instead, you are no longer the boss. And that should be stated very clearly. So that is why I am saying that any kind of ersatz, that's the German word for a poor, uh, cheap substitute, any kind of ersatz for paying off real bills is not acceptable. Because why? Because the consumer will be helpless. And, and it's just a facade, the real bill, that we have real bills in circulation, all that, it's working fine, is just a pretense. In reality, it cannot work. That's, uh, that's my answer. So, there is no alternative to the gold coin, which is the ultimate extinguisher of debt. Gold, nothing else. Blue cheese is out. Government promises to pay gold is out. Anything is out except the ultimate uh, uh, value, which is gold. 
Now why the market hit on gold and not on blue cheese or whatever else <laughs> is a question I'm not interested in. The fact is that the marginal utility of gold is declining so slow that it's slower than the marginal utility of anything else. Blue cheese, paper, even silver. But, you know, and that's the reason. So don't ask me why gold, because ask uh, the uh, people who lived before us for 5,000 years and they kept accumulating gold, you see. Because as the economy grew, they needed more gold. So year after year after year, in spite of a tremendous amount of gold already produced and refined and uh, put in circulation, uh, any increase in the world economy called for more gold. But it could only increase by a small percentage, two or three percent a year. And, but that is what the market chose. And I'm not responsible for that. I can only explain what has happened. So that's the fact. You have to accept facts if you want to build uh, a house, you need solid foundation. And if the market chose gold, that's what it is. And if the market yeah, why couldn't the market change from gold to, say, platinum? Uh, a lot of people say, well, platinum is even better. It's uh, has higher market value. Well, the answer is that platinum came in, actually it was discovered not very long ago, a couple hundred years ago. And uh, so the existing... Uh, above the surface stockpiles of platinum are very, very small and it will not support the world economy. And secondly, if you say, well, we can increase and compete and catch up, I just have to accept my, uh, uh, have to uh, uh, declare my doubts. Because in order for platinum to catch up with gold, it would take a hundred years. <coughs> now, we won't be around in a house. So how can we make a decision that we'll make platinum the basis of the monetary system when at the earliest it's a hundred years before it would be realistic to talk about? And uh, we could be vetoed by the generations between now and a hundred years from now, because they may think that we were fools. There was already something workable and acceptable gold, and why did we want to change to platinum? You may like platinum much better than gold, but <coughs> that doesn't make platinum uh, a suitable basis for a monetary system. So uh, the bottom line is that we have gold and gold coins should be put into circulation because that is the ballot which the consumer must have. You know, having elections every second year and having a chance to kick out all the legislators and bring in a new set of guys who will make the laws is not good enough because it's every... 
if you give them the gold coin to people, then they can cast their ballot every day, even on Sundays they can, because there are certain things you can still buy on Sunday, or refuse to buy, you see. That's a, a most democratic system, because you have a ballot taken every day, even every hour, you see. Whereas the paper ballots, whereby you pick your politicians, representatives, is taking ballots every second year, or even every fourth or fifth year, as the case may be, which is not good enough. You have to have something that the consumer or the ordinary citizen has a right and possibility to express his disapproval every moment on short notice without having to wait for the next election, without having to organize a party and convince the electorate that this law is no good, it should be changed to that. All you have to do is decide whether the product offered in the market is good enough, cheap enough, high enough quality so that it deserves to evolve and then you buy with the gold coin you exercise your ballot. Or you say that's not cheap enough, that's not high enough quality, and the alternative is no better than this, and therefore I refuse to buy. And the, that settles the matter. The producer will suffer a loss, and unless he adjusts, in short order, he will be out of the market. He will lose his capital, finished. And the better guy will come along and he will then comply with the wishes of the uh, consumer. And that's real democracy for you, you know? <laughs> so you cannot take the, you know, that's funny really, isn't it? That if a country like Iraq or Lib Libya or name it, or Afghanistan, doesn't have uh, an electoral system comparable to that of the United States, uh, the cry is, oh, no democracy. We'll teach them. We'll show them. Excellent. But let the country remove the gold coins from circulation and put them in government walls and say, well, we have the are the uh, security guards to make sure that it's not going to disappear. See? And the people will get the paper and they will cast their votes with paper, not gold. As I just explained, this is not good enough because the producer will ignore your wishes if you only have blue cheese or green cheese or what have to pay with. If a government withdraws gold coins, there's no harm done to democracy, is there? Well, sure, the government will tell you that the paper or the green cheese is just as good. 
And if you want the gold coin, it's like wanting the moon, which you cannot have. So, uh, you know, the double standard. If a country violates the standard of uh, electoral system in a country, that's bad. That should be condemned. That should be invaded. The uh, leaders of that country should be uh, executed. And uh, the country, uh, if, if a thousand or ten thousand citizens will uh, die in the following civil war, that's fine, because we are working for democracy. You see, the real system, just follow the American flag and we'll show you the way how to create democracy. But if you are a Qaddafi or a Saddam Hussein who removes the gold coins from circulation, that's fine. No harm done. Because we don't have gold coin circulation in the United States. We don't have gold coin circulation in Britain. And we are fine, aren't we? We are the you know, all the knowledge, all the benefits, and so on, are concentrated on our shores. And, and, and that's, but the real thing is, I, I'm not against uh, giving electoral rights to, uh, you know, countries where they haven't had it before. I'm not against uh, uh, parliament. I'm not against uh, the uh, American system of elections and electoral uh, procedures, but I'm definitely against this double standard and this hypocrisy that it's all right to take away the gold ballot from you, but not all right to take away the paper ballot from you, which is, you know, kind of fit to say that no need for election or, or Mubarak or whoever, no elections. That's not all right. We have to interfere. We have to get you and teach you a lesson, you see. What if you just took away the gold coin? Fine, no harm done. You know, that's the double standard, double dealing. Okay. Add something to the dull standard. You notice about three days after these guys are deposed, all the money they sold suddenly is seized and frozen. Say, hey, you're just a guy out there. You can't have all this gold or money. But as long as you're the leader, the man, it's hands off. Hands off. And didn't he steal this money over many years? It wasn't stolen three days before he was deposed, as well as three days after the government. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Just a very quick comment. It occurred to me listening to you, Professor. Under electoral democracy, we actually have the right to change the faces. But the withdrawal of gold coins, by the withdrawal of gold coins, we lost the right to actually change the system. We actually lost that right. With gold, you can actually influence the system. You can hold your gold and put it in the bank, change the interest rate. You, can, you cannot change the system under electoral democracy. You can under a gold democracy. Yes. Democracy. Yes. Ah, further Any questions? More, more questions? Comments? Ben? I have a 
in addition to the bills of exchange circulating in, oh, probably not circulating, but in Italy and Spain, I mean, there is a slight improvement, isn't there? Because you have some interest-free money that is uh, elastic to consume. With, I mean, the volume is, is elastic. And isn't there a slight improvement to, to what we've got right now and in comparison to, to bills of exchange that do not mature in gold, which would be preferable, but still you have some interest-free money? Well, I, I've tried to explain that there is a basic contradiction there, that there is an exchange of paper involved, and the question is, which is higher quality? But the contradiction is even higher in, in what we've got right now, right? Uh, well, it's not a question of comparing the system we have now, uh, but it's a question whether it will work or not. And I don't think that if you start out with a system which is a basic built-in contradiction, that it, it, it would work, then it's, it's futile. Now, it might work for a year sure. or two years. But, but it's going to, you know, and, and, and it will not change the fact that the consumer is no longer Absolutely. in the driver's seat. Absolutely. But, but still, it takes some power away from the banks, doesn't it? Oh, wow, now that's an entirely different question. If you want to uh, limit the power of the banks, there are proper ways of going about it. But I don't think that if you want to put a faulty system in place, this is going to solve that problem. You may experiment with it, but it's not going to work. I don't think it will. And, uh, Can I add something to that? I think you're going to find some vertical use of these bills, let's say in one industry, right. which is a benefit to that little niche. But it's not a general circulation, it's not a horizontal circulation, so that the whole economy benefits, because that's the part that's missing. If, you, if you're going to exchange grain for oil, those are real products. So that can work in that relatively mm. area, but it's not a general circulation, because the gold is the one that ties it all and makes it multilateral instead of just. Well, in any case, you have no right to call it a real bill system. Hmm. Whatever hmm. it is, you are experimenting, nobody takes you right away hmm. from doing uh, experiments. I would judge it foolish, but who am I to say? But you have, you have no right to call it a real bill system, because whatever it is, it is not a real bill system. Because a real bill automatically assumes the gold coin at the end of the food chain. Because if you have gold, you can, cannot eat the gold, but you can buy food with it. But if you have just paper money, Ask any German who lived in the year 1923, you will know that he could go hungry. And if you had a pile of paper money issued by the central bank in Germany in 1923 or in Hungary in 1947, then you could go hungry and you could die of hunger and nobody would care. And that's a fact. And I am, I was 13 years old in 19. 47, and I've seen it with my own eyes. 
that there was plenty of food in the country because Hungary was a, a, still is an agricultural country, lots of food, and there was an excellent harvest in 1945, 1946, bumper crops, lots of food, good food, but sorry, it's not, if you have paper money, Sorry, but I see you have a gold chain. Give it to me. I have a nice little clipper. I clip off a little bit and put it on my scale and I tell you how much food I will give you. But a lot of people didn't have any gold, not even on their finger. The ring, the wedding ring, they didn't have it. They had to give it away during the war, but this was after the war, with bumper crop. Still people went hungry. And that's the thing. That's the thing. You cannot take the gold away from the people, because then you condemn to... Uh, I mean, uh, normally you would notice the difference. Right now people say, why gold? After all, you, have, you can buy food, whether you have dollars, euros, this or that, you know. But how stable is this situation? Could it happen again? Why not? I mean, uh, what made the German situation so different? One argument is, well, there, there was war and Germany lost the war. So is that good enough reason to condemn people to self-starvation, you see? And it could happen even without war. We know if the uh, credit uh, collapses in the world, which it could, and 2009 was a forewarning that it will, unless something is done, and soon, then it could happen without war, but actually it will be with war because it leads into war. The government will have to uh, find excuses to start wars because that will cover up their misdeeds and their uh, uh, and nature of their monetary system. War, well, sorry, that's war, and then people have to go and die, and then people at home will have to starve because it's war. No more explanation needed, you know? And that's the tragedy. That's the tragedy. I suggest this is happening today. Uh, Two-thirds of the world, or half the world, spends 40 to 50 percent of their income on food. And the last year or two, uh, commodity prices, grains, we all this went up 40, 50 percent. So now they're, you take that and there's 70, 80 percent of their income would have to go to food. They're, going, they're starting to go hungry, and that's why there are riots in the world. And countries where people pay only 10% of their income for food have a bigger cushion so far. But it's, it's getting worse and worse. And if food doubles and doubles and doubles, we're going to start going hungry or we're not be able to pay with, with paper. Yes, I your point, but uh, referring to what my gentleman said before, come back to the other situation of the end of the Second World War and the reintroduction of this bill of exchange and as we were calling out, we are busy because we are further back by fiat money. Uh, and let's say it was really 
have they done to improve the Italian situation? For at least four years, they could be, they could be used as a, a real mean of payment between enterprises, business companies, and uh, they create real uh, wealth in Italy because the reconstruction was left by the Cambiale, by this creditor. And uh, what is important to say, to say is that the Cambiale avoid the payment of the interest to banks. So the financial cost for companies are limited in certain ways. Otherwise, if you use only paper money, you have to stay with banks and pay financial cost. This is the only point I would like to add to the discussion. Okay. Yeah. I see where, uh, where you're coming from. Instead of you know, a producer having to access a bank for short-term credit and paying interest, uh, but you know, you're, you're still, you're still, um, you're, you're, you're not foregoing uh, an incremental payment because you still have a discount rate with your, uh, with your bill. You know, so it's not like. It's free money, as it were, you know. Um, but um, yes, you're not in you're not in the pocket of your uh, bank, basically, uh, looking for short-term credit. So in that sense, it's better than it's better than just having a pure paper standard. But again, it's a it's a it's a it's a what is it? A, a poor substitute, you know? <laughs> ersatz, you know. It's still uh, it's still better, I suppose. You're right than. Uh, than just having a pure. And yes, it will be the people in the chain that decide the discount rate, you know. But as Rudy said, it will only be one, it will only be bills within that particular industry, you know, that will circulate amongst participants in that industry. You know, there, there would be no, I wouldn't imagine there would be much sort of you know, people using a bill drawn on wheat for something in, in oil, you know, which is the whole purpose of it, you know. Plus, you know, it would be denominated in lira, denominated in uh, peseta, you know, so no, but marginally, yes, it would, I, I, it's, it's better than, than not having it, you know. But why not, why settle for anything but the best? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we are at the crossroads. Our system is collapsing. Now, you are willing to settle for uh, some compromise solution. When we have the gold standard, which has worked for centuries, it needs to be improved, it's admitted, and we know how to improve it, and so on, and we can learn in the future. But that's the best. And it has worked. And we know why they did not return to it. Because they wanted to concentrate power in the hands of the few. They gave the, the paper ballot to the people, but only to uh, throw dust into their eyes. Because in fact, the power is decided not by the electorate. Yeah. Even the President of the United States is just a puppet. Mm. Uh, we don't know who are the real uh, uh, source of power because they want to stay anonymous. They stay behind the facade. So, you know, 
if you distribute gold coins and everybody uh, who works will get paid in gold. So, you know, that's also important. Not only that the consumer has to pay gold, but if you are a worker, the lowliest, the lowly worker who works for, you know, uh, unskilled labor has to be paid in gold coin or something, silver coin which is exchangeable to the ultimate gold coin or whatever, you know, but not paper. And this is what the labor leaders today don't see, that any paper solution to the wage problem and improvement of the working conditions of the laborers and so on is just a facade and can be ignored. The strike of the pen and this thousand dollar bill could be made worth zero if somebody high up makes a proclamation to that effect. Strike of the pen. Now, you can't do that with a gold coin. If you pay your laborer the gold coin, uh, the, Neither the President of the United States, nor the Pope, nor anybody else can invalidate your right. Because they can sign all kinds of uh, laws into, uh, put it into effect, that gold is worth nothing. But it's not in their hands to make that decision. It's the consumer. So the Wages have to be paid in gold, period, to have a valid system of production. And the real bill's doctrine assumes not only that the real bill is payable in gold by the consumer at the end of the food chain, but the laborer, even the unskilled laborer, has the right to be paid in gold. And Keynes could say that, I shudder, he said something to the effect, shudder the thought that people have this uh, uh, pathological uh, desire to touch, to palm, he says palm, go not touch, palm. Gold. And I am ready, he says, to pass the case with a shudder to the psycho. Uh, what's the word? Psychoanalyst. Psychoanalyst. Because I am an economist. I am not dealing with pathological disorders of the mind that people want to plan gold. That's a pathological case. I have a stomach. My stomach is turning. I, I'm, I'm an economist. <laughs> Keep away the pathological cases from me. The normal man has no unholy desire to palm gold. You see? Any more questions before we wrap up? All right, it's time. Uh, I think that's it. So we'll adjourn.